you know, I'm a businessman. I've always been an entrepreneur. I didn't feel like we had to separate necessarily the environment or environmental stewardship from making a good living. It seems like there's a lot of opportunity to do both. Hey, Dead Zero Lifers, Nathan Svee checking in here. This week's episode is a bit different. I'm defining what it means to be Dead Zero. I'm sharing an update on my progress and interviewing a follower who also started a climate-focused side hustle. Let's talk about my Dead Zero journey. My Dead Zero journey consists of three parts that closely align within the framework of efficiency, innovation, and then offset. My plan to be Dead Zero by December 2021 is based around the idea of one, using less, two, being more efficient, three, changing habits, and then offsetting as required. In parallel with all of these actions to reduce my actual carbon footprint, I'm investing in education for the long term. Learning about the climate crisis, whether it be by reading newsletters, watching documentaries, or interviewing CEOs, is one of the best decisions anyone can make today. Later in the episode, our guest Grant points out that we're in a climate race. Everyone is starting from a different place at a unique time, but the race is a marathon, not a sprint. Increasing my understanding of the problems and opportunities through education is going to help change my life beyond my 2021 December net zero goal. Today's guest, Grant Brown, is the vice president of brand and marketing at an energy solutions company. But that's his day job. In his personal time, he runs Happy Eco News, a website dedicated to sharing positive environmental news. Grant started Happy Eco News to promote an optimistic environment around climate change and has quickly grown the website and Twitter account into a large following. Grant and I met through Twitter, and he's the first follower of the Net Zero Life to come on the show. Grant, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate uh, you joining. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is one of the first ones we're doing. But you are a, a follower uh, of the Net Zero Life, and not only that, but you are also very involved in sustainability, both through your job and through Happy Eco News, which we're going to get to here shortly. But I was wondering if you could just tell uh, tell us, you know your name, your title, and your day job, and then a little bit about your side hustle, Happy Eco News. Sure. Okay. So my name is Grant Brown, and I'm the VP of Brand and Marketing at Sterling Plan B Energy Solutions. And we build really, really large lithium-ion batteries that are used to hybridize and electrify heavy industrial equipment, uh, primarily in the maritime sector. So we're uh, decarbonizing the probably the most polluting heavy industrial industry on the planet, and uh, you know convincing some of the real conservative, hardcore, uh, traditional uh, fuel-fired guys to go go green. So it's a lot of fun. In addition to that, you also run Happy Eco News, right? I do. Yeah. So Happy Eco News is a little website that I run. Um, it's it's myself and uh, actually just one other person right now. Although it looks like we've got some volunteers coming on board. Um, and basically, what it does is it helps disseminate in, information to uh, a, a wide audience in regards to positive news stories about the environment. And so the genesis of this was uh, when I was traveling abroad and I became overwhelmed with the amount of pollution that I was seeing on uh, supposedly pristine beaches around the world and um, the, the conditions that people were living in in some of these developing nations that uh, my family and I visited. I decided that 
I, because I work in clean technology, I, I know that there's a lot of good people doing very good things around the world, you know, and there's a lot of us and we're trying to make the world a better place, but we're not getting the recognition or the press that we deserve, uh, in my opinion. And it seems like news, uh, bad news sells lots of newspapers or gets a lot of clicks. And so I decided to do something opposite to that. And uh, so about three years ago on January 1st, uh, 2018. I was sitting in a in a uh, Starbucks, actually in um, Hong Kong, and uh, I pulled the trigger on Happy Eco News, and it's uh, been rolling ever since. So uh, to date, I think we've um, posted about 5,600 news stories, uh, all positive, all about the environment, and uh, we're we're growing by leaps and bounds every day. That's awesome. And, you know, I have so many questions to ask, but first I want to, before we get there, I want to point out that your background, which people won't be able to see is a beautiful <laughs> photo of the Pacific Northwest. And it's just yeah. so green. So, so you really do live and breathe both in your full-time job, uh, you, like green technology and sustainability. How has that always been the case for you? Like what made you so invested in, in fighting climate change? So, you know, um, well, it's a long story, and it starts with my parents and driving around the, uh, the, the western part of uh, Canada and North America in a VW bus. And, uh, you know, I kind of grew up with an environmental um, bent in the family. We always were uh, clean campers. We would... Um, you know, we'd spend our summers camping. My dad had a pretty good job, which allowed him a lot of time off in the summers. And um, we we were we were green. We always tried to make things cleaner than when we left it. And uh, that always stuck with me, you know. And um, while I did diverge from that path, I guess, for a few years when I was younger, in my 20s, I started a marketing company geared at um, snow sports and uh, basically active type uh, outdoor sports, uh, but never really too far away. As I grew up, I decided that um, I needed a better stable job. I had a wife and two kids, so uh, I had to grow up a little bit. And, um, and I got into the clean tech game almost by accident. I was introduced to a person, and I thought that sounded like a good plan, and um, went with it. And, um, you know, it was, it, it's, it's, it's in me since I was a little kid. And I just I can't really ever get away from it. Um, I have a... I guess as I get older, it's almost a desire to leave a positive legacy behind me, something bigger than, than me, myself. And so everything that I do, my day-to-day -day life, um, the people that I meet, I'm, I'm almost an evangelist for uh, clean technology and the greening of the environment. And I, uh, you know, I'm a businessman. I've always been an entrepreneur and I've never felt like we could, um, I didn't feel like we had to separate necessarily the environment or environmental stewardship from making a good living. It seems like there's a lot of opportunity to do both. And so, so that's what I do. I walk the walk, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, not, I mean, both in your day job and you spend extra time working on happy eco news. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say, so when I started the net zero life, I would say I, similarly, similar sustainability minded, but not uh, nearly to like the same experience you have. And I, I'm an optimist, but I, as I go through this, I'm becoming more of a pessimist, but <laughs> happy eco news. Right. So, so what has that experience been like for you? Like, um, it clearly you're the, the bent of, Eco news is, uh, of happy eco news is to promote, I think, positivity. Uh, do you feel down at all ever? 
Oh, sure. You know, we all do. And I think sometimes it feels like it's a little bit overwhelming. But I have to say that, you know, my low point, I think, was reached in about 2017 when I was in Bali. And um, it was overwhelming. I was doom scrolling all the time before doom scrolling was even a word, I think. Um, and I've transitioned from... Uh, from pessimist to optimist, um, from, you know, rage and anger to hope and, um, and empathy. And I understand that, you know, we've got a lot of challenges ahead of us and there's potentially a, a pretty rough ride in store in the near term. But I think in the long term, humans will rise to the challenge. You know, I've got two kids that are, um, you know, late teens. Um, my daughter is going into journalism and my son's going into political science. And uh, they're well-informed. And I think that they're indicative of the that generation, that Gen Z uh, group, where they are uh, well-informed and they are serious about making a positive change in the world, not just paying lip service to it. Um, they're going after it and they are going to, you know, hold the people accountable. That's the kind of interesting thing is I, th I think we're going to start seeing policy shift where um, people that have been um, damaging the environment willfully and manipulating data to support their own greed, um, they may end up actually on the wrong side of history in a lot of ways. And so I think that there's a lot of reason for hope and optimism. Um, this particular project has certainly helped me not only in, in you know, reading about so many positive news stories all the time, but just in the people that I meet. You know, I have friends now all over the world from this that I never would have been introduced to. And I've got friends that are psychologists and climate scientists. I've got friends that are artists and, um, and, and writers, uh, fiction writers, science writers, you know, the, the vast spectrum of people. I've got people, friends, I think you could say, that are just average ordinary people that were completely bummed out about the world and sort of the state of the events uh, they're unfolding. And, uh, you know, they reach out with just with almost in desperation, you know, serious anxiety. And I feel honored and blessed to be able to help them in some way. And, uh, you know, so I just say, Hey, read the happy news and, and take action. And I think that's really, um, I've taken action and I feel better for it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So what has the response been? The internet is, is full of, uh, we'll say questionable people. <laughs> uh, do, do you ever get that through happy eco news or is the, are the comments all always happy? I have never had one bad comment. Um, I had a, I had a, I posted an article and it was my own commentary and it was something about, um, I think the, the article was president Trump did something right for a change. <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was funny because, um, it wasn't really negative on, on, on that administration. It was just some, simply what it was. And it was something positive. Um, but the one person said, Hey, you should be careful about what you're doing, but that was it. I don't think that a positive mindset about the environment or positive news about the environment is partisan. And I believe that people who are cross party lines or um, demographic lines, they all want the same thing. They want to know that they're going to be able to wake up to a future that is positive and healthy. And, you know, some people may doubt that that is actually um, going to occur. And some people might doubt that there is actually a problem, um, but nobody wants to think that it's going to be bad. And so I think that, you know, it's pretty hard to get mad at somebody for sharing positive news. 
Yeah, and so for the people who haven't heard of Happy Eco News prior to this, are most of the articles written by you, other people? Is it syndicated? No. So basically what it is, is we, we search the internet daily to find uh, positive news stories about the environment. And then we curate those into what we call posts on our website. And so the, basically it just feeds into other people's news stories and gives them a bigger platform and wider audience. And then, and then we have a top five newsletter each week. So the top five happy eco news stories of the previous week will then get uh, curated and sent out in an email newsletter. Um, I'm not profiting off of this, right? Like this is not a for-profit thing. Uh, it's not a registered charity either, but we're just basically trying to do the right thing and help people and help society. And um, it's been a fun experience. So, you know, there's, uh, and of course I have guest blogs on here. So um, if you were uh, somebody who had a platform who wanted to, uh, promote a specific issue or talk about how you, um, your journey from regular person to eco activist or whatever. Um, I would give you a platform to do that. So we've had people that are promoting a book. We've had people that are promoting art. We've had people that are promoting, um, actually a musical even that's set in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, so, you know, it's, um, it's all about giving people, a bigger platform, people who are doing the right thing to give them a bigger platform and more exposure. You know, there's a couple of other aspects to Happy Eco News as well. So not only are we trying to sp spread positivity and to help people overcome eco-anxiety, we're also giving people this platform, as I indicated, but I'm actually going to be undertaking a, a fundraising uh, type of um, a program where the idea would be to basically be like a Patreon for the um, environmental movement. So if, and create a database of people so that they know each other exists. So if you've got a couple of people um, that are working, you know, a thousand miles apart, but on a similar project, um, it would give them an opportunity to share resources and to receive funding if there's a benefactor that would like to help them. Um, the idea is, would be to keep this thing completely transparent so that if anybody did donate, um, that they would be able to see that those funds go directly to the people who are worthy and uh, who, need the, who need the money. And none of that money would go to running the website or the back end. So in that way, we'd need to start monetizing the front end and a traditional web-based business, perhaps maybe merchandise or uh, advertising model or whatever that is, uh, it's to be determined. Um, but the idea is to basically uh, leverage the power of the internet in, um, you know, in its scale to actually help the grassroots individuals who are doing the hard work on the ground. And if we can affect policy change, then maybe we would go down that path as well. And then of course, the last piece of it is to bring people together together. Um, I had an, a, a psychologist explain to me that a lot of the problems with eco-anxiety and anxiety in general, I guess, is a feeling of isolation. You know, we feel like um, we are isolated, especially during this pandemic, where there is, you know, it feels overwhelming. You don't have anybody to turn to. You can't connect with others. And so my idea was to basically create Happy Eco Festival, and I think of it as maybe someday a South by Southwest for the environment, where we would have a bunch of people getting together, some really good speakers, maybe some live entertainment, and we could all get together and have a great big party and celebrate the wins, celebrate the positive stuff so that it empowers people to keep going and to, um, to make those changes. 
I love that. And so you mentioned the community. How, how large would you say the Happy Eco News community is right now? Well, right now we're we're about ten thousand people, so it's not big. Um, it's growing, and um, it's growing every well every day. You know, we're increasing uh, subscribers and hits to the website. Um, you know, it's very cyclical. I think it depends on the time of year, uh, what's happening in the election cycle, uh, those kinds of things. You know, really draws attention away from from those things, and and then other events draw attention to it. And uh, you know, it's common to have people email me and saying, you know, just thank you so much for, for putting this because my, say my significant other was having, you know, really serious anxiety issues. And, um, we found your website and it's made our, our home, uh, more peaceful and, um, calmer. And so, you know, that's really what it's all about is it's helping people who help the planet. In terms of fulfillment, right? Because you you have a family, and we have to also just say that you're Canadian, right? So yeah, am, yeah. Uh, yeah. In case people can't hear it already, but um, <laughs> which means that you're awesome, I guess is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. You. But uh, in terms of fulfillment, how does Happy Eco News play into like your daily life and and how you feel about how things are going? Uh, you know, you've got a family, you've got a great career. It sounds like as well, and you also have Happy Eco News. Well, you know, it really, it has uh, changed my life in so many ways. I think, you know, when you talk about fulfillment, I come back to the idea of optimism and, um, and empathy for others. Um, you know, I, I, I can see both sides of the coin now when people are, are talking about, um, you know, why nothing good can happen. I can point to a whole bunch of reasons why it can and, and, and actual evidence that supports my position. And that's really, you know, having that sense of optimism in the background of your mind all the time is, uh, it's an amazing transition. It's an amazing change. I, I, you know, I've, I've undergone an identity change, you know, I, um, I just recently did a presentation to about 160 university students that are part of a OceanWise program uh, called Ocean Bridge. And they're ambassadors that are learning about uh, how to make the, oceans cleaner, how to create sustainable seafood industries, et cetera. And they're, they're going out into the world and they're going to be making change. And, you know, I felt very privileged to be able to speak to them because of their positions uh, soon to be in power and soon to be in, um, in the change makers that the world needs. But they were also for all of them. I mean, without a, a one, I'm sure we're suffering from some form of eco anxiety. And I got to speak to them and I was introduced to the group as an eco-activist. Now, I've never thought of myself as an activist at all, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a father, a husband, a son, a brother. I'm not an activist, but actually I am. And it feels good. You know, I'm not a tree hugger. I'm not going to chain myself to a tree if I might, actually. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I'm not... Um, I'm not your typical hemp wearing granola eating uh, guy, although I will wear hemp and I do eat granola. So I can vouch that neither of those are occurring right now, though. <laughs> it looks uh, like a nice cotton or maybe polyester. Yeah, some. But you know, it, it's um, 
I think that it's an identity change that's welcome, and I think that a lot of people uh, could benefit from that. You know, I had a conversation with a, a boomer recently, and uh, he goes, oh, I'm not an environmentalist, you know, I'm an oil man, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's a nice guy, you know, a great guy. You'd probably the life of the party if you're ever out and about. Um, but he's... Um, not, he doesn't identify as it. And then I said, yeah, but do you recycle? Well, he goes, oh, yeah, of course I recycle. I don't want all that waste going into the landfill. And I said, well, what's the next step, right? Like, do you return your bottles? Yeah, of course. And, you know, and um, he drives a fuel efficient car. And all of a sudden I said, you know, you like it or not, you might not want to identify as it, but you're, you're, a, you're a bit of an environmentalist. And uh, that kind of rocked his world a little bit. And, you know, it doesn't feel bad, right? Like, there's some sort of perception that being an environmentalist is less than, or that there might be something a little bit off about that person. Like, why don't they fit into mainstream society? And I believe that that is a manipulated, uh, there's something about that that just doesn't seem right. We seem to have been so detached from this idea of stewardship for the very thing that nurtures us and feeds us that, um, you know, to actually want to protect it shouldn't be so odd. Um, you know, we, we need clean air, we need clean water, we need food that's healthy, and we need bees to pollinate the plants and make the food and on and on and on. Why is it such a stretch to actually want to protect something that is so valuable in so many ways? And so, you know, I'm doing it. Um, I don't mind being called an eco-activist. Um, I, uh, I welcome it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the same guy as I always was. I'm just a little bit happier. That's awesome. Uh, and so for people who haven't checked out Happy Eco News, definitely go check it out. We'll put the link in, in the show notes. Is there, are there any particular posts that you love or, or news sources that are your favorites that people should go out and see? Oh gosh, there's so many. Just, you know, if you have a, if you have a, um... You know, I mean, Treehugger is a really great source of information. Um, there, it's really light and fluffy, so there's not a lot of depth there. Um, but you know, if you go onto HappyEcoNews.com and do a search for whatever topic interests you, I guarantee there'll be half a dozen or more articles about that specific. Uh, topic. And then that leads you into the actual news stories that you can use then to uh, uh, feel, feed your soul. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's, there's nothing bad on there. So you're not going to get confronted with a bad news story that's going to make you feel worse than when you started. And so that's really the, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I love that. And so in five years, where is where are you going to be and where is Happy Eco News going to be? Well, five years, uh, she, you know, I'll probably, um, be running my next tech startup. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm at an age where it's about legacy for me right now. And so I'm trying to build something bigger than, than me uh, that's going to last longer. So I think five years from now, I'd like to see Happy Eco News um, be self-sustaining. I'd like to see it employing 20 or more people, perhaps, um, and then being uh, its own sort of new source of journalism. Uh, in, um, uh, well-rounded and unbiased, uh, journalism. And then, um, in terms of my day-to-day -day job, well, we'll see, right. I, who knows where that, where that's all going to lead. Um, these tech games are, are volatile at best. And, uh, you know, I've been through a few of them now. So, um, I, you know, I just, I'm along for the ride and I'm having a great time doing it. That's great. Okay. Uh, super appreciate that. I want to get into some kind of quick lightning round questions if that's okay. Yeah, sure. What is your sustainability vice? So something that you're just not, you know, it's bad for the world, but you're not ready to give it up yet. 
Wow. Uh, driving a gasoline power car. I have a 1987 Volkswagen Westphalia van and uh, it's terrible on fuel, uh, but it gets me to the places in the world that I love the most and where I can spend some time. So, you know, I have an EV in the driveway as well, which is the day to day driver. Um, but the Westie is a bit of a pig. <laughs> yeah. Where do you, where do you like to take it to the most? I just go up to the mountains or onto the Gulf islands, which would be the San Juans around, um, uh, the Seattle area. Um, you know, anywhere, anywhere that's wild. Uh, I like to paddle and, and all of that as well in my, in my recreational time. So yeah, just oh, it's, it's transportation and accommodation all in one. Absolutely. Your favorite climate news source and or podcast. You know, I, I am not, uh, well, obviously yours. Um, Great uh, answer. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm, um, I'm actually at a point where a lot of the news stories that I, I actually get the news stories from the happy eco news now, because, um, I actually have somebody who's curating a lot of that stuff for me. And so, you know, I have a busy day-to-day -day existence. And so it's, it's really wonderful for me to actually be a beneficiary of what I've created. And so it's almost like, wow, that's, it's amazing, you know? So, um, but I think that just, you know, you, you have to filter through a lot of, uh, junk to get to the, the, the nut of the, the good stuff. And, um, you know, so I don't think there's any one really good source. I think there's a wide variety of sources that will sometimes have good news. Got it. Uh, last, last lightning round question. I won't judge you based on what, what the answer is. Uh, <laughs> what country has no pun intended, but the best climate climate so or, or climate protection climate denmark how come uh denmark is basically going to net zero by i think they said 2030 and they're really really aggressive on it uh the scandic countries uh norway is another really good one sweden is pretty good as well um but basically denmark is going full bore into clean technology and zero carbon you know their largest um, national oil company which was uh uh, called Dong Energy. It's D D O N G, Danish oil and natural gas. They went from you know a natural gas and oil producing uh, and the biggest one in their country to um, completely divesting and um, becoming only focused on renewables and specifically wind. And so now they're producing they're a massive wind producer and or wind energy producer. And they've changed their name to Orsted after an 18th century electrical scientist who uh, made a whole bunch of discoveries uh, in around electricity and how it all works. And so, um, you know, they're investing in uh, Ballard is over there. They're doing fuel cell tech. Um, there is a bunch of investment going into Denmark right now. And I think, and you know, I'm no expert, but I think that any country that's investing heavily into technology like that is going to be on top in the coming couple of decades. I think we don't have time to waste. And um, one, one great thing about America is that when America turns its sights to doing that, um, it will be almost unstoppable. And it will be a really, really strong future for America and Americans. Looking in uh, at Americans in America, what what is your perspective, even you know beyond the Trump administration for the past 10, 20 years? Uh, you know, Al Gore was talking about climate change way back when. But 
as a Canadian or, or someone who's looking in, how does America rank in terms of like climate activism, harming the world, helping the world? Well, I think America is, uh, you know, of course, one of the global world powers economically and other ways as well. And I think that, um, well, uh, statistics show that I think it's 80% of Americans want to see climate action. You know, I don't know what the other 20% are doing, but 80% do. And so that's a really overwhelming number of, and that's, it's bipartisan. It's, you know, it's, it goes across all ethnic and demographic lines. And so, you know, Americans want climate action, and I think most Americans know that it's uh, coming, and it's something that is um, is important, and it's needed to needs to be done. Um, I think that having the Green New Deal will certainly propel America into um, a position of dominance in the future. Um, we've got countries like China who have uh, they said that they're divesting to net zero carbon um, by 2050. I think so. I think that the climate race is on, and it's been called the the Paris Effect. So after the um, Paris Climate Accord in 2015. Um, you know, all the, all the decisions. So immediately after that, there wasn't a heck of a lot done, but if you look at the change in the last five or six years, since that time, it's profound, you know, like, um, electric vehicles, for example, we didn't, in 2015, there was Tesla and there was a handful of electric vehicles on the market, but now they're everywhere and every major auto manufacturer is building them. The maritime industry is decarbonizing. Solar or the electrical generation industry, utilities have almost all been transformed into clean. Um, Coal-fired power plants are going away. You know, um, big banks are divesting. You've got um, uh, big banks that are saying, no, we're not going to fund uh, fossil fuel projects in the Arctic. There's none. Right. Nobody wants to do it. They're pulling out of the oil sands in in Alberta, Canada, you know, on and on and on. And this Paris effect is uh, only going to accelerate. And it's amazing to me how fast it's already happened. And so that is one of those things that really gives me hope, because um, if we weren't seeing any action, then I would say, well, you know what? We're screwed, and this may be too late. But now we're we're actually look when you actually look at what's happening, and you know we have to kind of look beyond our North American blinders because you know there's a whole big world out there of people that are uh, aggressively and actively pursuing decarbonization, and so I think that bodes well. I mean, I, I was at the Paris conference. Um, I, I managed to get over there and do a small presentation, and it was um, the the hope and the the, the mood in the air was, was astounding. And when I left, I was invigorated and I couldn't believe how amazing this change was going to occur. And then, you know, in the intervening years, you kind of, it kind of fell away and the, then the U S pulled out and on and on. And, um, we were wondering if we're hitting our targets, but then you look at the actual numbers of, like I just was speaking of, you know, there's a lot of forward momentum and I don't think it's going to stop. I think it's just going to accelerate from here. Yeah, you're leaving me inspired. One quick clarification. I do think that China uh, was 2060, but it, it, it's, 2060. Kind of, it's kind of inspiring for a, a new space race. We call it the, like the, the net zero race. So Grant, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated having you on the show. Good luck with Happy Eco News uh, and uh, looking forward to speaking with you again. That sounds great. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for having me.
thanks again to Grant for coming on the show. And thanks to you for listening. We're busy recording interviews with CEOs and founders, and I'm super excited to share their work with drones, limestone, and wait for it, policy with all of you. We'll see you next time. I'm Nathan Svee, and this is the Net Zero Life.